What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And y'all got another dope guest for you this week, but wanted to share some really great ways to continue to support the show. Uh, Number one, like always, like, subscribe, share the show, review it. It really helps folks discover it. Uh, Number two, follow RTWD on IG and TikTok. That is the only places I am at because that's all I can handle. Um, And, you know, send me a DM. Let me know your thoughts on your show. Let me know your thoughts on the um, the guests. If you want to get connected to the guests, I know everybody I bring on wants to connect with y'all and and work with some folks. Uh, And number three and the biggest one is... uh, by joining the Real Fan Patreon page. This is a great way to financially support the show. Um, I have some like cool giveaways, stuff like that, merch and everything like that that is in there and would love for you to join that community that's building. So for all those that are in the Real Fam, love you, thank you so much. And all those who are on the bubble and thinking about it, hey, what's keeping you? Um, the thing is in the button to go and check that out is in the show notes. All right, now on to our guest. This week, I am joined by Dustin Sutton. Dustin is a manager for Meisner CRES, a commercial real estate services company headquartered in San Diego, California, my home. He also is a budding tech and startup entrepreneur with his Portal View Inspections app. Dustin has a passion for solving problems, helping others, and giving back to the community through various initiatives. Most recently, Dustin has shown his commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts by co-founding and organizing the BCREN. Uh, which is the Black Commercial Real Estate Network. I have a great time talking with Dustin about his journey into commercial real estate, what his experience has been in the industry, and learning more about the Black Commercial Real Estate Network he co-founded. Y'all, this is going to be fun. Sit back, enjoy it. All right, now, here's Dustin. Dustin, thanks so much for joining uh, Real Talk with Duma. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. No, this is great. I always like to have... uh, folks on and, and for them to share their experience. And especially like we met through um, the Black Speakers Collection. So yeah, um, yeah a, a lot of the folks that are, are on the podcast these next few times are, are from there. So I'm like super excited to learn more. Um, yeah, from you and, and hear about your story. Well, that, that, you know, that's fantastic. I, I'm glad that uh, you're having success with the, the, the Black Speakers Collective. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, these organizations and and programs coming out and, and the more the more the, the voices are amplified and uh connections are being made you know they say the the rising tide lifts all ships so yep. excited for it that absolutely and that's been my experience um but i read a little bit of your bio but one thing i love to do is like have folks share their story um <laughs> uh, just like want to hear it uh, from you so like tell the real fam a little bit about yourself dustin like who uh is dustin Man, that's a that's a it's a big question um, <laughs> that I'll I'll try to keep as uh, concise as possible. Nah, take your time, um, take your time. We love it. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Philadelphia. Uh, I grew up there, went to you know grade school, high school. Uh, then I went to college, University of Delaware. Mm. I was uh, I was planning on going to law school. I uh, changed my mind at the eleventh hour, <laughs> and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, but what during one of my uh, I took a trip across the country. And one of the places I went was San Diego. Mm-hmm. And after visiting, I didn't know what I would do for my career, but I was like, you know, I'm going to, I can figure it out there. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. it seemed like a good place to, to really take that time and try to explore what I want to do with the rest of my life. So, um, had a really hard time getting a, getting a toehold, uh, and find my, find my path in my career. So I, I worked in outside sales. I worked mm-hmm. in, uh, account management and, um, from there, I got into uh, to leasing on the residential side. Got it. Um, that led me into some mixed use, so the residential and commercial assets, and then that led me into commercial. And so, for the past ten or so years, I've been I've been working in commercial real estate. No, that's that's awesome. And I I feel like leasing agent. I, I've heard a lot of people just like in my own personal life of like when you get into that leasing agent role, it kind of like gives you. Skill set. I don't know if it's skill set, the relationship building, sales portion of it, but like you can kind of go into any different avenue um, of real estate from there. Um, from what I from what I've seen from from friends, is is that true or was that? It sounds like that was a little bit of your experience, but uh, uh, yeah, yes, I, I would say that that's correct. I feel that my sales experience, starting out working in outside sales, mm-hmm. played a played a key role in me understanding 
what how to how to deal with rejection number mm. one yeah um how to how to how to persevere how to you know in some instances not take no for an answer but yeah. also how to take no gracefully <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh because you know you gotta you gotta make a lot of calls and you gotta you gotta knock on a lot of doors to to get to the to where you want to go and i think that's a great microcosm for for life in general mm-hmm. um because it's not just in the sales process or in your career but that's that's life yeah no that's that's such a good point i'm uh especially on like that rejection piece like i feel like i'm i'm like type of person like gifted and talented education growing up um really good at sports all that stuff so when i got into like sales not necessarily sales like specific like i'm selling a mall and admissions is basically sales but like i got into that role and like when i got i still remember this student that like had a great relationship with, met his parents multiple times. We were getting close. I would type conversation with him every time we talked, you know. And literally, he said he was coming, deposited, and he took his deposit back and left and peaced out and went to a different school. That rejection has stayed with me for years. Like, it's, I'm talking like this is like 10 years. It's a long time ago. And like, I'm holding on to it still. Um, but it really does, like, those sales roles really teach you, like, perseverance um continuing on accepting that no gracefully getting a no like it really is a and, those roles and learning, can teach you a lot yeah absolutely and and learning from from the wins and the losses mm-hmm. you know like what what could you have done better what did you what what objections did you not overcome or where mm-hmm. when you do have successes what worked what worked well where can you find more success mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think one of the things that, that you just you just referenced of how those things sit with you yeah. and stay with you. And it's like how do you how do you use that energy or that feeling in a positive manner? Mm-hmm. Because I still have the I mean I think when I first when I first moved out to San Diego, when I mentioned it was really difficult, one of the mm-hmm. first uh my first real rejections was uh as a management trainee at a, a, a rental car company mm. and I remember getting the the rejection letter and thinking like oh my gosh yeah I can't and, and I knew what it really entailed of this management training was basically you know receiving cars and upselling people for you know the insurance on, on the car and yeah, you know, cleaning yeah. out the vehicles here and I'm like you don't even think I'm qualified enough to do that mm. and it, it was it was painful but it's like how do you channel that energy and help that propel you to the next thing. Yeah, I, I think I'm dealing with that right now. So like we've talked about before, like I just started my own company um, recently and like I have to like pitch myself now. And so like I have plenty of sales experience, um, but I've been, I've always sold somebody else's stuff. And so now mm-hmm. I'm selling my stuff. <laughs> and so like, um, well, essentially me, you know, like my products, my services, all that stuff. And I actually met with um, met with a client or a potential client yesterday as we're taping it. This is yesterday. And honestly, like, like it didn't go well. Like it, like it was fine. Like it was cool, but it didn't go well. Like there are certain things that I just like, there are tell you, you know, there are certain tells that they're like, they're not going to go with me. Like they're not like you, you just know. Um, and I feel like, uh, and it's not the fact that like, I, it's not the fact that I, um, like I couldn't do what they they have, or I I don't have enough to offer anything like that. It is like the feeling of me being unprepared that got me there, and like dealing with that rejection. So I was like sitting with that, like literally, I'm thinking about it all yesterday, all today, because like that call did not, it just did not go well at all. And so like I'm trying to like channel like that sales experience, all that stuff, um, and really like trying to learn from like that misstep of like, all right, maybe I need to structure these calls very differently. You know, um, maybe I need to up my, um, like discovery skills or fact finding skills, like really understand what potential clients are looking for and everything like that. Um, yeah, I was just like, dang, I was really getting on myself and I get in these like spirals to, to be honest of just like analyzing to the T of like where that situation went wrong um or what happened but like honestly the fact of the matter is i was unprepared um and uh that's that's that is what it is and so how can i take that and channel that into learning but like well that i think piece i think piece, yeah it was, was i think you recognizing that is the is the step right like i mean mm-hmm. that that's that's a major 
Uh, it's a major point because it, it's a it's a win. If you can use this, I mean, that account, I don't know what it was, how much it was. I mean, if it was, you know, a loss is a loss sometimes, yeah. but if you can learn from it, you can grow from it, and it makes you better prepared for the next one, then that's a win. Yeah. Um, it's having that that mindset, uh, I, I, I believe, or at least I, I try to implement that in, in my life, is that it's all a learning experience. Mm. And it's never perfect, never going to be perfect. Could always be better, but can can you find can you find the jewels in um uh, in every in every experience? No, that's good. Well, I'm I'm curious because uh, you're from Philly and you came out yep. here on a visit. <laughs> you are yeah. to San Diego on a visit, which is like sometimes I forget how far that is, but like that's all the way on the other side of the country. And you came out here um, yeah. to just like. You don't know what you're gonna do, but you just decide to come. I'm always well, envious it, of people. Go yeah, ahead. Well, well, okay. Let me let me clarify this. A okay. Little. So <laughs> I I didn't know what I was gonna do. So it was right after I graduated college. Um, okay. I have friends that live in other places in D.C. and Manhattan and Connecticut, and I, I was visiting them over the summer. And mm. then I one of my my uh, my good friends was participating in AmeriCorps in San Francisco, and he sent out an email to mm. a bunch of bunch of his friends saying. I'm planning on driving back to the East Coast, uh, starting in San Diego, then zigzagging uh, across the country. Oh, that's anybody, sick! Does, oh yeah, yeah. So, so but but starting in San Diego. So okay. he sent out that email. He said, "Does anybody want to join me?" Mm. I was like, "You know what? I, I don't know what I want to do." So I, I have some little bit of savings saved up. No, not mm. much, but um, and I have some time. So let me let me go out there and meet you and do this trip. So I flew out, met him in San Diego. We spent three days here. It was unbelievable we had such a good time yeah and then we went to you know zion national park grand canyon up to you know montana then we crossed the badlands and st louis all ball game and we just had an amazing time and every one of those places was fantastic but i kept saying to myself but i can't believe san diego yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was that was different you know and um so then by by the time i got back to the east coast and i really thought about it i was like you know i don't know what i'm going to do Mm. But I would like to figure it out there. Oh, <laughs> so if I'm going to make it work anywhere, I'd like to go there and try to make it work. So I just, yeah, packed oh, up, that's dope. drove my car out, and try to make it. Try to make it happen. That's dope. All right, got it, got it, got it. All right. So I mean, regardless, I still feel like those who do, folks who like go across country and just like, let's like do it. Like I love this place. I'm gonna figure it. Out. I always, I, I always envy that because I'm like, I wanted to do that, and I think. At one point, I could have done that, but I just never did it because, I mean, to be honest, I live in Southern California, so it's like... Well, yeah, you're already there. Yeah. I think, where, yeah. Where are you going to go? Yeah. No, talk, talk to me about, like, the transition and, like, a little bit more specifically, like, how did you get into commercial real estate? Because I don't feel like, oh, I want to do commercial real estate. Um, typically, it would be like, oh, I want to do real estate, but how did you, how'd you find uh, commercial? Yeah. Um, okay. So... I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware much, you know, about much about real estate in general. Like I don't have uh, you know, family that's actively involved. Um, I guess I had a couple friends that were in it, but I really didn't know what it entailed. So it was really my sales experience that led me into the, the leasing, which got me my first exposure into um, uh, residential. And it, it was during that time I was, I was doing leasing and then they were like, Hey, you're doing a good job. Would you want to manage the portfolio? Cause you have a good relationship with the tenants with the owners, you know, mm-hmm. knew all the vendors and, you know, just a logical next step, a uh, little increase in pay. So I said, sure. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, properties was that mixed use. So there was retail and a couple offices on the ground floor and then residential on the, on the upstairs on the top floors. Gotcha. And it was that moment where I like, started to realize the difference between the types of leases, the, uh, the types of uh, governing documents, the, 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 interactions with the tenants and I was like you know what this seems more like where I want my career to go mm. uh, so that's when I like I, I, this is what I, I want to take this I want to go that route and it was it was challenging to get in because as, as many people know and probably more people do not know uh, residential and commercial are, are they differ greatly yeah um, and and so a lot of people said, no, you know, and I got that. There's that rejection again and get deal, mm-hmm. deal with that. But I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Uh, so I eventually got an opportunity um, to be a, a manager for some commercial properties. Um, t- 
took me about a year to to really get a get a, get it in a company. Jeez. So once I once I once I once I did, I was like, you know, this is this is this is for me, and mm. I think I can uh, I can do well here. No, that's that's incredible. What has been like your experience? I mean, since you finally like getting in um, into commercial. Yeah, well, since since uh, this is this is real talk, well, I'll give you the, I'll give you the real scoop here. Yeah. <laughs> um, during this during this time, and I think this leads directly into uh, the the Black Commercial Real Estate Network. Um, so, trying to get into the commercial side, I it's very evident to see that there's not many Black people in commercial in commercial yeah. real estate, and um, and I noticed that going in, uh, but. Still, didn't want to let that dissuade me. So I kept, kept working and working. And, and once getting in, I realized, you know, there it was even more evident. I thought I would come across more, um, other black, uh, uh, members of the industry just organically. I thought that it would happen. And the more time I spent there, I'd, I'd see more in, in San Diego in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. And, mm-hmm. but you know, the show goes on, I kept, kept working and it's always been my goal to, to make a, positive impact and help show other people the way that there, that there is a world here. Cause you think I didn't, I didn't know about this industry. And I think yeah, a lot right. of, a lot of, you know, black and other minorities don't realize how many opportunities are on the, the commercial real estate side. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like I want to do something, but you know, middle, middle management, I've always felt like, you know, who am I to, mm-hmm. like, what can I do to really, really, except for, except for just work hard and, and do my best. And then, um, in 2020, when, you know, during the lockdown and the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, when, when the racial awakening happened, it, it's really, it, 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 it was a moment for me where I said, I gotta do, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be proactive I want, I need to do something. I don't know what it's going to be or how much of an impact it's going to make, but I need to do something. Yeah. And that's when I, uh, I, I started a LinkedIn group called the black commercial real estate network. I named it exactly what, yeah. what, what it was. <laughs> I wasn't that creative with, with naming it. Um, and my, my goal was just to, again, be proactive and, and go find other black people in commercial real estate. Cause I thought maybe they just don't have outward facing jobs. Mm. Maybe they're in tax, maybe they're in insurance, mm. you know, title, what have you. But if I can be, if I can, if I can actually go out and make those connections that, um, that we can really share our experience and, and be there for each other to help support each other and, um, and just create a, a little community. No, that's, that's incredible. And like the, I think so many people like took, you know, that's how the black speakers, collection was created like you know it's just like somebody taking initiative just seeing like this missing thing like hearing something missing thing and just like doing something about it and it's it really was as simple as like creating a linkedin group and then like you've grown this thing over the past like year two years (laughs) into something that's like really really cool um because like even for me it's not the same it's not the same thing but just working in um working in a little bit of real estate as far as like the co-working space that I did for uh, close to two years, it was just like very, there wasn't a lot of, there was not a lot of black people, even in, even in my, my company, um, especially on the out, outward facing, like customer facing portion of it. There wasn't a lot. I think honestly, less than like five, less than five and like a 300 person company, which is like, it, that's just like wild to me, especially if you're in places like, Atlanta, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. there are places where there are plenty of black people and they're not really like, um, there's not like black faces representing these spaces and like how inclusive are those spaces, right? Um, to even be so like, even speaking to like commercial real estate, real, uh, real estate in, in, in general, there's not even that many, not a lot of us there present. Um, I'm even thinking about like even home ownership, like let, not like not even commercial real estate, because like that's whole, even more money, but like even just like residential, there's not that there's not that much obviously there's like laws and all that stuff that I've covered on my podcast before but it's just like it is uh wild to see that but like you would think that like you would you would come across like organically at least at least one you know um yeah yeah, at least one so um with you starting like um with you starting the black commercial real estate network like what have you seen um, just since you started, cause you started, you started that in 2020, right? Yes. Yeah. What have you yeah. started? What have you seen? Like for that thing, how's it grown? 
Like, what are some of the, the stories that you're hearing from folks in there? Yeah, well, um, I, I, th- I think the first, because here's the thing, we all we all have our own like day-to-day lives and what we do, but we all have this shared experience, especially in, in your work, in your career, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there there's... There's a there's a shared space that you have, and not a lot of other people um, know exactly what what you're what you're going through on a day to day basis. And I, but the people that sit next to you, you know, they they kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't have any other people around there that that look like you, uh, you don't have that. Even you could talk to people outside of your industry, and there's that connection. But they don't. There's this piece that they they're missing too. So I feel mm-hmm. like. Once I started creating the the connections um, within the industry, a lot of people were sharing that same sentiment mm. that they were saying like, "Yeah, I'm always the only one in the room." You know, yeah. I'll go to a conference with a thousand people, and I'm the only black face in in the room. Um, that's, that's just wild. It's it, it, it is. Yeah. But here's here's the thing. And again, real talk, the show goes on, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and and there's there's a there's a feeling of first of all, I, I'm. I think you should be yourself wherever you are. But yeah, sometimes yeah. like if you're, if you're the only black person in the room, you also, how do you, how do you, even though it's frustrating, it's, it's disappointing, it's upsetting, but you also, how, how do you, how do you just, do you, you raise a, a fit about it? Or mm-hmm. you try to, I mean, maybe some people, that's the way they want to do it. But yeah. I feel like in my head, I was like, man, I always felt like I needed to do something mm-hmm. to, to help raise awareness or, or get some, because if I left, if I, then there'd be zero people in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's, so there's that. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. But one of the things that I, that I found um, in starting this network is that all the other people that felt the same way mm-hmm. and that had a shared experience, and it almost generated this, this instantaneous bond uh, and this camaraderie that we're there to support one another and mm-hmm. we're here to share. And this isn't, I mean, again, like you said the laws and the history and all those things. And I think we should be aware of them it was like, how do we, and this goes back to the initial, initial point that we were talking about before is how do you use this energy and do something pro to be something um, positive mm-hmm. and, and do something to, to help everybody. Cause I feel like if we, if we help one another, I mean, that's good. That's good for us as individuals. It's us for a group. It's us. It's good for the industry. It's good for everybody. So I, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of, of taking positive steps and making a, a positive impact, and mm-hmm. that's the big takeaway from starting all this is that there's so many people that I found that want to be involved, that want to help, I, and I'm not talking about just just other black people in yeah. commercial real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about people that are in other industry or actually non-black people in the industry that are said that have come to me and say yes, how can we help you? How mm-hmm. can we support you? How can we do business with you? Um, and then also people from other industries that are like, Hey, I love what you're doing. How can, how can we help and support? And it's been, it's been fantastic. That's, that's, that's incredible. And what you're saying reminds me of some, something that reminded me of something that somebody said to me that I talked to earlier this week. Uh, I asked her like, how do we like, you know, go about change like systemically, you know, when we think about systemic racism, um, you know, organizational racism, like in within companies, all these different things. And she's, she told me like, you have to like rethink that question. She's like, she told me, she said, why are you asking that question? Because like, if you're only here to like talk and like think and theorize about it, then like, I actually don't really want to have, I don't really want to answer that question or like entertain that question because like, there's nothing, there's nothing else after that. Right. But she said, if, if, uh, but when you ask that question, you must be prepared to do something after that, like, and be willing to like engage in that. And like that response, like rocked me because like some, I, a lot of times I get caught up and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. We talk about like racism or like we're the one person in the room among a thousand. Um, it feels like overwhelming and all, all you do, all you it feels like all you can do is just talk about it, but like there are proactive things that you can do to make change. Um, like, uh, and another person said this one thing is like, when you're thinking about change uh, or, or um, going about any like, you know, uh, combating racism or any of those things, like how do you, you can only do what's within your purview. So like you're seeing all this stuff on social media, uh, on the news, all that stuff, but what can you do in your purview? And I love how you took and you said, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. 
And it's a, it's one of those things that it seems simple as like creating a space where people that look like me or come from a similar background can like just be, hang out, talk <laughs> and to have yeah. that community. It's like, that's like incredibly impactful. And then what is, what grows from that, right? Like networking opportunities, friendships, um, you know, uh, job opportunities, all these different things that come about that just from like, I'm just going to click a few buttons, type out a few things and, and get a cool graphic together and just start inviting people <laughs> that are in the industry. Yeah, well, you know they, and that, and that, that, was, that was it. And, and one of the amazing things about this is that I set out to meet, I thought I was going to meet five or 10 people mm-hmm. locally that we could, we could have coffee and we can, um, you know, have lunch meet. just, just talk, just, just, just be, have a, have a space where we can share each experiences and, um, be, be, uh, be a resource for one another. And, um, and the fact that it, it grew quickly the way it did, it, it taught me a lot of things. It, it uh, I think it reinforced my, my thought process that, you know, intentions turn the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you, as you said that you, you need to put action behind it mm-hmm. because, uh, other people were, were quick to, to jump on board. And, you know, there was, I, I think we had 20 members in the, in the first month or so, mm-hmm. which that exceeded my expectations. Cause again, yeah. I thought there could be five or 10 people. Yep. Uh, I was hoping for that. Mm-hmm. And then I connected with, uh, one of the co-founders right after. So in this first month or two, I connected with, uh, my, my co-founder, I consider my co-founder, um, Gareth Jarvis mm-hmm. in Texas. And he contacted, he said, Hey, I saw what you're doing. Would you be open to, um, open this up outside of Southern California? And, Cause we got a lot of people in Texas. I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. That's what this is about. It's about connection. Mm. So then we went from, you know, 20 to 50, 60 to hundred to 200 to 300. You know, yes. so now we're, 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 we're a year and a half in and we have six, over 600 members across mm. the country Wow. at all levels. Uh, you know, senior executives, ownership, middle, middle management, you know, mid career, um, Students, and that's that's for me the the greatest joy of this is connecting with the the young professionals and the students mm-hmm. because as I you know shared earlier, finding my way or even being aware that this this career this this career path even exists, yeah, being able to share that with the next generation and say hey here's here's an industry where you can create a good life for yourself, yeah, and for people to be aware of it and then once they're aware of it have assistance navigating what steps to take and having that person to, to bounce ideas off of and, and having that safe space like that, that means, that means everything to me. And yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's so I'm not the only person that feels that way, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's the beauty of this. Like talking to people in the group is that everyone shares the same thing. Like I felt like I had to figure this out by myself mm. or on my own um, for better or worse. Yep. That's how people feel. And if we can help alleviate some of that for the next generation coming up, then that that's what this is all about. Yeah, no, that's a, that really is incredible. I, yeah, I think I'm just imagining like if you would have stayed in your, it, you're not this kind of person. I could just tell from what we talked about in past conversations where it just like it just stays in your head, but and not do anything. But like I'm just imagining what would have happened, like you know, if you just like kept this idea in your head and didn't, and you didn't do it. Like you don't have that 600 plus com- uh, connections. You don't have probably the job opportunities that some people have. You don't have like these because co- commercial real estate, like it's a pretty product. Like you can make a great living in commercial real estate. Once you get in, it's just like, I mean, I'm just imagining, and, and maybe it's, this is too grandiose, but like some people's lives have like literally changed based off of just like the clicks of some of these buttons, just, just, you know, wanting to create a space of community and like having that mentorship, having that, um, uh, all that stuff going on. I, I think that some people underestimate, like, not just the power of mentorship, but like uh, the power of networking, the power of like, you know, giving of time or giving of like some resources without like ex- really expecting a return and like the dividends that that pays off for like a community, a, a life, a community, and all those different things, which is like, it's just like in- in- incredible. I love your heart and passion um, behind. Uh, 
the network that you started, which is like super yeah. dope. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, and I, I, I can share this with you. I'm not sure if we talked about slides. But I think it's good for for the audience to hear mm. um, on how this can be so impactful. One, one of the in, in the first few months of the network um, being around, one of the younger members of the group asked to have a call to talk about his career and potential opportunities. And after speaking with him for a while, I was like, well, let me, let me connect you with somebody that I think you'd be a good fit with their, with their company. Mm. So sent the resume, sent it over to the, the company and he got a, he got an interview. Mm. Uh, so then he reached out and was expressing how thankful he was for that. And, you know, I was, yeah, of course, you know, I was happy to do so. Uh, Cause I did think he was, he was a, he was a perfect fit for this company yep. and at least needed the opportunity to, to have a sit and, what he said to me was, "This network is great. I've never seen so many black people in commercial real yeah. estate." He's he's 24 years old, so I don't think he saw much of commercial real estate in general. Yeah, yeah. He said, "I've never seen this many black faces in in commercial in real estate in one place." Yep. And I said, "I know this is amazing, isn't it?" And yep. then what he said was, "I'm starting to feel hopeful about my future in this in this career." Mm. And for, that for me was, um, it was it was enlightening, but mm. it also struck me right in the right in the heart because yep. he, he's speaking to, to hope. And mm. if you don't, if you don't see a path and you kind of, you start to start to lose hope and you don't even know what's possible. Um, so to be able to, to give somebody, or at least I won't say give him hope, but help him find hope uh, and to push forward to the next step. That that's what this is all about. Yeah. And yeah. if we can keep doing that for, for one another and helping people find their way, then I think we're on the right track. Yeah, I mean, it's it. What's wild to me too, and I, I mean, I'm 30, pushing 31 at, at this point. Like, I have never so joining the Black Speakers Collection has been like incredible, incredibly life giving to me. The biggest reason, and I can relate so much to that to that young man, is that um, that young brother, because I have never seen so many black places, uh, black people, and like such high levels of leadership doing incredible things. Like, I've literally never seen. 300 uh, in the slack channel at least like almost 400 people like that but also have like the, you go down this list of like speakers of like 1200 people 1300 people and like they all do these incredible things like doctors and like i'm talking about phds and also like medical doctors commercial real estate um fitness folks um hr professionals all these different things all these professions i've literally never seen that and i'm like if i'm just imagining if i saw that like in high school, if I saw that when I was a little kid, like that literally does something like to my psyche of like, I literally could do anything I want. <laughs> I yeah. literally could do that. And so like representation, like I feel like it's become cliche, but like representation truly does matter. Like it gives hope. It gives like a, a glimpse, especially, I mean, somebody's like 24. He's never seen, you know, uh, a bunch of people in real estate that look like him or, or similar to him well, and, and can relate well, to him. Yeah. And, well. and that... I've heard I've heard it said that you can't you can't be what you can't see, which yeah. I agree with that. Large largely I agree with that. Yeah, I mean yeah. there's there's some exceptions, but yeah. um the more other people that you can expose because if again if you don't know it exists, like how do you know to even take the the steps to, yep. to get there? Hey y'all, like Dustin and I shared, phrases like representation matters and you can't be what you can't see have become cliche. Like it it is what it is. But they are mostly true. From what we see in media and film to the teachers we have throughout our educational careers, a message is passively and sometimes overtly being communicated of what is possible for us to be in our future. So further on the point of education, a blog from newleaders.org shared that a great school principal builds great schools. That like that is known, studies over the years have shown that, but what they also have seen is that great principals can add up to at least three months of additional learning for students. But... When a school principal is a leader of color, research shows that those schools' um, students have higher student achievement and better school outcomes, specifically for teachers and children of color. Further on that point, Vanderbilt University found that Black and Latinx students are better represented in gifted programs when they attend schools led by principals of color. And then, uh, finally, leaders of color have also been found to hold higher expectations and create school cultures that are more supportive and sustainable for teachers of color. How about representation um, within film and media? Well, Jasmine Leva from Storyblocks explains it this way. When you start creating worlds where entire races don't exist, people with bigger body types don't exist, people with different sexual orientations don't exist, 
you're creating a lie that does damage to viewers that internalize what they see. And the only thing that I would add to what Jasmine so eloquently laid out for us is that the worlds that we create, whether it be in film, music, media, I'll add books to that, are passively erasing or even perpetuating stereotypes that, as Jasmine shared, does damage. So I, I think, you know, not just with the BCRM, but the Black Speakers Collective and, you know, some of the other organizations, I think that's part of the the, the duty of, of us is to highlight the successes of, of other people and what they're doing and, and shine, put, give them a stage, mm. shine a light on them so other people can say, oh, there's another way. Because, I mean, how, how many, the, the representation that, that you see, and again, might maybe cliche, but, you know, rappers, athletes, which, mm-hmm. you know, those are, those are great professions, right? You know, yeah, entertainment, yeah. that's great. Doctors, lawyers, but then, you know, what, there's very few after that of where you see representation in the, in the media and on TV, yep. you know, but and just speaking just to the, the commercial real estate industry or just say real estate in general, it's mm. not just buying and selling assets. It's mm. not, it's not just leasing and management. There's a whole other world behind the curtain. Um, all of, all of the, the tax, the insurance, the, well, talk about lawyers, but, the, the legal aspects, you know, of course there, there's the leasing, but then there's the, uh, all the vendors that may, like HVAC, the, the roofing the parking lot, the maintenance, like there, there's a whole, there's a whole world that revolves around real estate. And there's so many opportunities there. Um, and if people aren't aware of them and see how, you know, real estate assets work, um, they're not going to know that, that there's a path that they can travel. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you hit it on the nose. Like, I, And I've said this before of like, you know, to some friends I was talking to, it's like, how often do we see anybody that's doing like anything else? Like that's like amplified in the media. Like I like intuitively, I know that there's probably like black HR professionals. I, I intuitively I know like for me, like organizational psychology, like I know that there's probably other organizational psychologists out there, people that speak on leadership and stuff like that, organizational development. But like it was so few. Like I tried to look and search leadership literature, like in my grad school program, even even in the work that I do now, it is very difficult to find leadership literature that's written by black folks or persons of color, like in general and women. Like it's incredibly difficult because like there's like these other folks that are like amplified. These white these white guys are amplified so high. Like the Simon Siddicks of the world, the Gary Vanderchucks uh, of the world, like which they put out some good stuff and I'm not like knocking them, but like there's other people that have like voices and have like a space that can like really speak to leadership development, all these different things. But like, you know, this intuitively all these different things, but it's just like, you've got to like search and, and put it out there. And, and for folks that are like creating spaces in the communities to like make that more easy, more accessible, um, amplifying those things. It like is really, really, really dope to see. Absolutely. Um, that that goes back to what I was saying before. I was like, I know there's other black people in commercial real estate. I know, I know we're out there. Maybe they just don't have outward facing jobs. And if mm-hmm. I have to, if I have to, you know, really dig and look through uh, LinkedIn pages to find who works at what company, and then, then yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't just wait around. Hopefully they cross my path. Um, you know, I, I gotta go, gotta go. Got to go get it, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, Well, okay, so we've been talking for a little bit, and, like, you got, like, this go-getter attitude, go-getter attitude, go-getter, like, like let's make it happen. I'm, like, would you be able to, like, know where that came from uh, for you? Like, was there a moment where you knew, like, yo, like, it ain't going to come to me, so I got to go get it. Like, let's make it happen. Mm, wow. Uh, no, I don't okay. know exactly where. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can... I, I can definitely think about moments in my life where I think when I, when I was growing up going to different schools, um, mm. I think, and, and it was, I, I don't come from a military family or, or anything. Actually, my grandfather uh, was a Tuskegee airman, but uh, oh, that's, sick. That, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but like my, I'm not a traditional like military family. So I not like my family moved around from city to city, but going to different schools, and and creating uh, like having to find different groups of friends every every few years mm-hmm. and it's every four years. Um, I think that helped me uh, develop my interpersonal skills and communication and being able to define it. So I think 
I think all these things build on 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 each other and having the confidence to be in different situations and and find find a, a way to be successful um or at least finding a way uh, yeah. something again sometimes not always successful but you know you find a way and I think all of these all these moments build on your confidence and I feel like I've had a lot of ideas over the year uh, over the years um and I think failure is a, is, a, is a big part of that. Learning mm-hmm. that, you know, you just take a shot. Just take a shot. The worst yeah. worst that happens is, is you miss. Um, and then you never know where, where the ball bounces from there because you can always get a rebound and put it back in or yeah. if you get a lucky bounce. But, you know, shoot shoot your shot. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's why, you know, connecting with you and what you're doing with this podcast, I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I love that, like what you're doing and the more people that are shooting their shot that I can support and doing what you're doing, like I'm, I'm all for it. Um, to, to pinpoint exactly where where I I decided to take shots and, you know, even move out to California and figure it out, um, I, I can't put it on one thing. Um, I just think it's, um, you know, a collective of, <laughs> yeah, of failures no. <laughs> and some and some glimmering, glimmering uh, successes in uh, – sparingly but bright yeah, yeah yeah no i wouldn't be able to if you were able to do that that would be that'd be wild i wouldn't expect you to do that <laughs> but, but, but you know what yeah. i mean let's say let's say uh, like on a more of a global perspective mm. i think having a community of support that that you know and having having friends and family that, that love you and care about you and and support you that you know when you take a take a chance or take a shot that it's going to be okay because you have people mm-hmm. in, your, in your life that support you. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. Um, yeah. and, and I, and I, I think, so I think that's part of what the BCRN is too, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> people see it and they have, and it gives them confidence. Like, Oh, I can try that. Oh, that is something that I, that I want to do. Um, and let me take a shot and this person can even help me take that shot or help, or help me, you know, aim or help me, you know, generate those those steps or, or identify those steps i need to take to get to the next step i know that now i feel like i have people that are doing that for me now through mm-hmm. the network uh which is amazing um, and i want to do that for other people as well um but and i think that for all of us is a, is a sign that we should we should all do as much as possible to generate that type of supportive environment for for other people your friends and and your colleagues and uh, i think i think that's tremendously important Oh, 100%. And like, even speaking to that support, like sometimes like, you know, uh, we don't have like families or, or like upbringings that like even uh, do that for us. But like having that selective, selected family, like when you have like great friends that are like, really cheering you on, like that could be a game changer uh, as, as well. So um, yeah, I'm just like thinking about like, even some of the, the friends that I have, like I have family, great family system and great family support. But I'm thinking even some of the family or friends um, that become family along the way that like believe in me <laughs> more than I believe in myself. It's a really great and like pointing in the right direction, having these connections can like do game changes. So that's awesome. But speaking of shots, cause you mentioned um, taking shots and risking all that you are um, like an entrepreneur, like you're starting like a tech company um, portal view inspections, like an application that you, you put out there. So um, what is, what is that app? I'm, I'm curious. I was looking on the website. It looks, it looks dope. I'm assuming it has something to do with, Real estate. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And you know what? This is one of those moments where I, I just I saw that there was um there was a shortcoming in the industry or at least a, an opportunity because when I go, you know, if I go to properties or I have uh, vendors go to a property and, and do an inspection, sometimes it takes a long time for them to actually generate the like, give me the information back on, after being on site. And really, mm-hmm. they're taking pictures and writing some notes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Why does it take so long? Yeah. <laughs> and even when I do it, you know, taking the pictures, go back to my computer, upload them and, you know, write the notes, put it into a PowerPoint. Like, you know, sometimes it can take four hours, sometimes, you know, a day or two. Mm. And it's like there should be something that you could do it right from your phone and press a button and then it generates a port because it has your information, has, you know, wherever you're at, that information, you know, that mm. should be preloaded in the phone. And then you take the pictures, write the notes, and then it does all that and it amasses all that information and gives you a clean organized report and i'm like something i'm like well, how does that not exist so mm-hmm. i looked out there and there are a couple things that that do that but they don't do it well on either the front end or the back end it's either mm-hmm. 
the the user experience isn't you know it's it's not intuitive on using it in the field yeah. or the actual report that they generate is not doesn't look as professional as it could be so I was like, you know, why not try to do this myself? So I, uh, so I've been trying to work on this, and it's fun. It's a passion project. It's something I do on the weekends and nights sometime when I when I find the, the extra time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and I, I put it online. I'm still in beta right now. So portal view inspections, download it, support it. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, because I'm trying not to go the venture capital route, at least not at this stage. I just want to see how much I can put back into it just with mm. uh, crowdsourcing yeah, yeah. and see, see where I can take it. It's fun. It's, it's just a, it's a hobby, but it also solves a need that, that I have in my day-to-day work. So no, that's a dope. lot of fun. See, there's that go-getter attitude again. <laughs> well, well, you know, talk about, talk about building on confidence. And I thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I, I yeah. wasn't planning on talking about that. Yeah. But, but one of the things is like, once you have a little bit of success of trying something mm-hmm. and you know, even, even uh, with, with the BCREN and what you're doing, it's like, Oh, well, like well, okay, so if I can if I can do this or we can do this because really it's it's not it's not me it's a, it's a network of people so let yeah. me let me say that um, because it, it takes a village to keep this thing running and happening it's it's, it's amazing to see mm-hmm. but it's like okay if this why not take a shot with this idea yeah and you know I put a little bit of time and money into it and and watch it grow some things grow faster some some slower um, some die on the vine and you walk away and you know yeah. maybe come back later but that's that's how it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think having these experiences just just lends to more opportunities, and and, it, and it's amazing. The thing is, and this is similar to the BCR when when you go into something with positive intentions. Like I didn't start Portal View Inspections to become rich or to mm. retire early. I'm just trying to solve a problem that I know if I have it, other people are probably experiencing it. Yeah, and I'm taking that mindset into the things I'm doing. Like how do I how do I solve problems? what's something that's wasting my time or, or causing me anxiety or trouble, you know, what's wasting my time, money, effort. And how do I, how do I make something of that? Again, this goes back to how do you take this energy, your frustration or being disappointed and, 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 and use it in a positive manner. So that's, I'm thinking about doing those things all the time. Yeah, and no, that's, fun. that's dope. I'm trying to find the, get my creative energy back. Cause I, <laughs> It, it sometimes it's, it's, it's they really make you know starting your own business like or starting your own thing just like they make it they glamorize it on social media it is a lot of work so like all the yes. creative stuff that i want to do like it's been put on the back burner um but like for sure like there are so many like i and even to speak on the like um those past i've used applications for like in the co-working space when i when i when i was in, in that and then even other um real estate adjacent jobs that I've had and they're always clunky. They never work right. The pictures look terrible. It, and it's it, it's actually more work to go back, do it the old school way, then use that and then type it in, put it into that system. It was it was it was it was a mess. I always hated it. I always that was well, the worst part of the job too. Well hated the thing it. is like I I'm in that phase with with my app right now because it's not perfect. But mm-hmm. that's but that's the beauty of it. Like how do you take that feedback and like what's not working right and like it's a work in, in progress so i don't know about the, the apps that you're talking about but that's the that's the fun that's the fun yeah. part for me where it's like okay how do you improve this step by step you know taking this this clay and then shaping it to what you really want it to be and sometimes you don't even know what it's going to look like because yeah. you know you're just taking one step at a time mm-hmm. um but one of the another thing that, that i that i've learned through this process is that this type of thinking and putting it out there and trying it it breeds connection with other people that think similarly, mm-hmm. you know, that, that people are there, there's, there's different types of people and some people that, you know, are definitely inside the box. So like, Hey, if you, if you get some people that aren't creative at all, right. Like I just, I've, I've talked to these people and they, they're like, if you give me a blank piece of paper, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. But if you give me a, but if you, but if you give me a framework and you share, then they'll, they'll be able to start filling in the gaps. So yep. even with, with, with starting portal view inspections, I'm running into other people that are like, oh, that's a great idea. How about you you do this or that? And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that, you know? And then it just it builds on each other. Some people just don't can't start the apple, right? Yeah. But they'll they'll eat it. <laughs> yeah. But so so I mean for me, I'm just I I really like starting things mm. um and then the process of of creating them and finish. I I like the whole 
I like the whole process. Yeah. And, um, and the more people that, the more times I do that, the more people that seem to gravitate towards that. And, um, and now I feel like I have this wonderful community of people that will help me move things forward. No, that's amazing. No, thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I mean, I've held you long enough, <laughs> uh, but I would love for people to like find ways to connect with you, find ways to connect with what you're doing. Um, so where can they do that at? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, uh, I love speaking with you and talking mm. with you the other day, and uh, I appreciate you you providing this this platform um, for any commercial real estate needs. If anyone wants to get in contact with me, uh, my my email is Dustin S at MeisnerCres.com. Mm. Um, if you uh, for the BCREN, just info at BCREN.org, and uh, go right to the App Store for Portal View Inspections. Uh, Download that, support it, share it. That, that'd be fantastic. Amazing. And I'll include all of those in the show notes for you so people can have an easy way to, to access that. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome talking with you. It's always a good time talking with you. Um, obviously, this is not the last time we're going to be connecting. We're going to find some other ways to collab and do some stuff together. Um, but uh, yeah, when we go down to San Diego, I'll probably hit you up, see what you're doing. <laughs> but um, anytime, yeah, this was so anytime. fun, man. And again, I, I'm, I'm all for uh, what you're doing and, and you're moving forward and you taking a shot with everything you're doing, continued success, anything I can do to support you and, and your audience um, and your team, I'm all for it. No, nah, thanks so much, Dustin. Appreciate it. All right. Shout out again to Dustin Sutton for having such a great conversation. And if you didn't take anything away from this conversation, except representation matters in all factors of life, um, then mission accomplished. Uh, um, shout out to Black Speaker Collection that handles all of your speaker needs. And if you are a black person out there looking for you know work and everything like that, there is a um, hiring section as well. So go ahead and check that out. I'll also drop that um, in the show notes, how to get in connected with the Black Speaker Collection and everything that's going on there. Really, really dope guests coming from there. I've loved every conversation I've had from uh, with everybody from the BSC uh, thus far. Um, and shout out all y'all uh, for supporting the show. You know, those who have submitted uh, something for the podcast grant that I applied for a few weeks back. Haven't heard yet, um, but I will keep y'all updated. Another way to support the show is always, obviously, financially. Um, you can now buy me a coffee. Uh, you can check that in the show notes and then also nominating your boy for a quill award which is going nominations are open until the end of march so if you're hearing this click that in the show notes the quill award nominate your boy for best podcast host best show best society and culture podcast anything and everything you think that we fit um yeah that is about it this podcast was produced by myself jonathan dumas with additional production help by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas, with music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really, really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>